Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, we hope you enjoy this repeat broadcast. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. In the April 2015 edition of Ensign Magazine, there was an article that was by President Boyd K. Packer, the Council of the Twelve. It was titled, The Savior's Selfless and Sacred Sacrifice. Now, we might mention that we have our article all marked up in highlights, and we did this before the April General Conference of 2015, prior to Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk on the gift of grace. The reason why we wanted to take a look at this now is to make a comparison or contrast between some of the things that Boyd Packer said and some of the things that Dieter F. Uchtdorf said in his talk that I think some people might find a bit contradictory or even confusing. But he starts off his piece on page 36 of the Ensign edition saying, We all live on spiritual credit. In one way or another, the account builds and builds. If you pay it off as you go, you have little need to worry. Soon you begin to learn discipline and know that there is a day of reckoning ahead. And then what does he say there? He says, learn to keep your spiritual account paid off at regular intervals rather than allowing it to collect interest and penalties. Bill, this is Packer's way of financing your debt is by paying it off a little at a time, which, as we've talked about many times on this show, is contrary completely to the historic gospel of Jesus Christ. And certainly the context, as you've said, Eric, is talking about sins that we as a fallen people will commit during our lifetime. There's no arguing that case. But he goes on in the next paragraph. Because you are being tested, it is expected that you will make some mistakes. I assume that you have done things in your life that you regret, things that you cannot even apologize for, much less correct. Therefore, you carry a burden. It is time now to use the word guilt, which can stain like indelible ink and cannot easily be washed away. That's an interesting phrase because I I look at what Boyd Packer says and I compare it to my own experience as a Christian. And if you've ever read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan, there's a portion in that book where the character named Christian goes to the foot of the cross, recognizing what Jesus did for him and what happens, that pack that he has been carried throughout this story, that burden of sin immediately falls off his back in this dramatic scene. That's how I felt when I became a Christian. I came to the foot of the cross recognizing that I was a sinner in need of a Savior, but also recognizing that there was nothing that I could possibly do to help get that burden of sin off of my back. So when he says, stains like indelible ink and cannot easily be washed away, for me, that was instantaneous. Three words, Bill. White as snow. Exactly. So what is Packer really talking about? If you look at the New Testament, especially in the epistles of Paul, you'll find that guilt is the byproduct of not being able to live up to the law. Mm. 
if you don't live up to the law, Paul says the natural byproduct of that is feeling guilty. If your only hope is in trying to keep the letter of the law, to keep all of the commandments, to do all these quote-unquote things that you feel are necessary to achieve the forgiveness that you seek, you are no doubt going to feel guilt. There's no escape to this. What are you going to do? But as Christians, I would think that if a Christian is feeling guilty, it could be quite possibly that they don't understand the power of the gospel or what the gospel allows for us as believers. But what happens when I, as a Christian, do something I know I'm not supposed to do? Isn't that the same as guilt? I would say no, not necessarily. I would look at that as conviction, and I would hope that all of us as Christians have conviction. If we don't have conviction, you're probably not a Christian at all. That's the Holy Spirit trying to guide us in the way that we should live. That's what repentance is really all about. Why would we verbally repent if the promise has been made that when we come to faith in Christ, he's forgiven us of all our sins, past, present, and future? That's God's way of working in our sinful lives to get us back on track to live a life that gives God glory. Does it make us any more justified? No. That's our sanctification, and once again we see an example by a Mormon leader where they are blurring the lines between what justifies an individual and what sanctifies or sets them apart. I don't think we can harp on this enough, and the reason I say that is because this is such a huge mistake that is made in the theology of Mormonism, blurring the lines between what makes us right and what sets us apart. And the penalty for that is on the people because the people live as if they have to somehow attain perfection. They have to get rid of all these things and never knowing that they ever have forgiveness, even though 1 John 5.13 says we may know that we have eternal life and that we can know that our past, present, and future sins have all been forgiven. We don't have to have guilt. On page 38 of this ensign, Boyd Packer says, Prophets have always taught repentance. I'm not going to argue with that. Certainly, we do find that pattern in the Old Testament. Prophets were teaching repentance to an errant Israel, and we know as Christians that we also have a doctrine of repentance. But folks, the prophets of the Bible were not teaching a doctrine of repentance like the Mormons teach a doctrine of repentance. And we find their definition is very different, whereas we would look at the Greek word for repentance as being a change of heart, a change of mind, definitely a course correction in our thoughts and our behaviors. In Mormonism, though, it's more of this idea of not only a course correction, but a 100% success rate in that course correction. You have Spencer Kimball in The Miracle of Forgiveness, and this was also in the Doctrines of the Gospel Student Manual, Religion 231 and 232, page 41. God cannot forgive unless the transgressor shows a true repentance which spreads to all areas of his life. Now, what does that mean according to Mormon terminology? If repentance is understood as not only a confession of the sin, but an abandonment of the sin, never to commit that sin again, the obvious next question then becomes, how many sins must be dealt like that? Mormons will tell you all of them. I know we're sounding redundant on this, but 
I wish the Latter-day Saints would understand that if you're feeling the burden of guilt, it's because you've misunderstood what the gospel is really telling us in the New Testament. And the idea that it, the burden is on your back would be found on page 38 of this Ensign magazine, the right top-hand side. It says, too frequently we receive letters from those who have made tragic mistakes and are burdened. They beg, can I ever be forgiven? Can I ever change? The answer is yes. And, and there are Christians who have made similar statements. But when he says, can I be forgiven? Can I change? The answer is yes. But his answer is different than what we would say as Christians who are trusting in the gospel message of the New Testament. Yes, as a Latter-day Saint, you can be forgiven. You can change. But what is it that you have to do? And therein lies the problem. And he goes on and talks about this. He says, the gospel teaches us that relief from torment and guilt can be earned through repentance. Say for those few, those very few who defect to perdition after having known a fullness, there is no habit, no addiction, no rebellion, no transgression, no offense, small or large, which is exempt from the promise of complete forgiveness. Sounds good so far, doesn't it, Bill? But it goes on and says, no matter what has happened in your life, the Lord has prepared a way for you to come back. No period. It's an if. If you will heed the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on in the next paragraph, and it says, you have the power to stop and be redeemed. If you have the power to stop and to be redeemed, as Boyd Packer says, then why is it that so many Latter-day Saints are experiencing this burden that he's talking about? I think the ones that aren't experiencing it are probably just oblivious to their own sinful nature. I think they've deluded themselves. But having talked to many thoughtful Latter-day Saints, they will admit to you that this is difficult. It's a struggle. And how many times have we seen, especially in recent years, more and more articles of Mormons who have this burden of guilt? Remember the the sermon given by Brad Wilcox? Mm. We did like eight radio shows on Brad Wilcox's talk about the young student that came into his office saying, I know what I'm supposed to do. I just can't do it. That's what makes the gospel good news. We can't do it. It's impossible. That's why Jesus did it for us. We trust in what he did, not in what we do. This is not discounting the idea that we're supposed to live holy lives and righteous lives. Certainly we should, but not in order to become justified or made right in the eyes of God. And Bill, it's quite offensive to me when he uses this word earned, when he says the gospel teaches us that relief from torment and guilt can be earned through repentance. There's not enough you could do in repentance to be able to ever earn this. And according to Mormonism, it's not true repentance unless you get rid of that sin and never repeat that same sin again. And the word there is permanently, permanently. And while Mormons love to look at all what they call the big sins, like I hope you're not murdering anymore or anything like that. What about the little things, at least the things we think are little, but still offend God nonetheless? Are they any less important? I would say no, not according to what Spencer Kimball taught in that quote that I just read. God cannot forgive unless the transgressor shows a true repentance which spreads to all 
areas of his life. The key phrase there is true repentance. It's not true repentance in the context of Mormonism when a member says, when he says, I repented of this sin, but then he goes back to committing the sin. We call that the everyday struggle of living a sinful life. It's an everyday struggle. But in Mormonism, that would be considered not a true repentance that is worthy of the forgiveness that they seek. And that last sentence again, when he says, you have the power to stop and to be redeemed. Once again, it's not about salvation by grace through faith. It's about the onus on your back. You can stop. Once you stop, then you can receive this forgiveness. And as we've talked about That is not biblical Christianity. And I don't think we can emphasize it enough. We are not trying at all to downplay the importance of believers living a holy life, living a life that gives glory to the one who saved us. There is a difference between what makes us right with God and what sets us apart unto God. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. You just listened to today's broadcast of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know that you can hear previous shows at your convenience? The Viewpoint on Mormonism podcast is free on the Internet and will help you learn more about the LDS religion. Feel free to listen on your computer or download to your favorite listening device. Just go to MRM.org and click on the right side where it says On Air. All of our shows are here, so visit MRM.org today. Answering Mormons' Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore.